Hello and welcome to People Helping People on Bali 92.3 FM. My name is Greg, my co-host and friend Larry. Good morning. It's good to see you, my friend. Nice to see you too. You look great today. You have a feel very, good, feel you have good. A spark in your eye today, somehow. Yep. Yeah. Um, I will say uh, we were supposed to have a very special guest today. We yeah. have a special guest. But we were supposed to have a, a, a different guest, right? Who uh, we were talking about last week, a 13-year-old girl who was going to come in and talk about this fundraiser event she, that she's been behind now for a couple of years. And is, has one coming up. But we're going to maybe have her in next week or the following week for sure. It's, it's her birthday, right? Is, is it her birthday today too? Her, uh, her birthday is today. That's right. Yeah. And she's feeling under the weather. Bummer. Very good. That's very good that you remember that. It's a drag. Yeah. So unfortunately, we couldn't have her in. But we were fortunate, on the other hand, to have a great... Yeah, old um, friend. Old a, friend of a, ours. A, I would say a replacement, but it's far from a replacement. A friend of ours who works for the station who uh, I go back with uh, about eight nine years and you go back with probably almost about the same amount of time i think probably have i known you longer than me yet? you maybe uh, i'd say eight nine years so it's about the same amount of time, same amount of so time. let me introduce you uh, it's uh, swami varden who's uh, a longtime friend of the show and the station works here with with us at bali uh but yeah. with, swami's specialty and believe me i know all about it is he is uh he's a i believe a meditation expert He's a person who, um, who who sees things in a in a whole different way than you or I. Um, is able to piece things together. Is able to really focus inner uh, on on the inner self and balance and intentions. How would you describe yourself? I know Urban Turban is always your brand, but how would you describe what you do? I'm just a mindfulness teacher. That's it. And a peacemaker. Really? That's what you call it. Yeah. Mindfulness, mindfulness teacher. Yeah. Um, that's a good way of putting I, it. I bring the mind to its Fullest capability and capacity. Well, have you ever worked on Greg? Uh, I'm trying to work on Greg. Okay, He's been doing it for months. Larry. Um, <laughs> one thing, I walked in. I left the studio right before we started recording. And uh, uh-huh. I left the two of these guys, Larry and, and Swami, here to chat. And I came back in, and Swami had his arms above his head as if you were choking. Which my grandmother used to say, put your arms up and look up. And I'm like, why? Like, what is that doing for me when I choke? But he had his hands up over his head like he's celebrating and was doing these really rapid fire breaths like like which is a meditation right it's, well three minutes called breath of fires from kundalini yoga i don't know how you didn't pass out i would have passed out i almost passed out watching them. well you know it takes it takes uh practice it takes practice yeah it really works the subconscious mind and if you're not uh familiar with the mindset is 95 percent of your mind is the subconscious five percent is the conscious and that 95%, yeah, right. yeah, out of that 95%, about 100%, or I say 98 to 100%, um, is created from the age you were born to the age of 10. So oh, everything you see, everything you hear, everything that's around you, it goes into the subconscious. Almost like, I would say, you uploading music to your uh, music library or music catalog. So well, let me ask you then. You're saying that most of that subconscious is developed up through the age of 10 so i'm not really retaining as much of my subconscious mind now you're reacting <laughs> from your subconscious mind oh i am so it's almost like you're uploading all these songs and you're just playing play over and over again hmm. the conscious is the play button the subconscious is the songs hmm. the reason we have such a hard time changing it's not so much that we don't want to change or we can't change is that deep inside our mindset 
we have all these thoughts. Remember, every day you have about 60 to 90,000 thoughts. And all those 60,000, 90 thoughts per day, 95% of them are the same thoughts from the day before, from the day before, from the day before, from the day before. Mm-hmm. Wow. See, this is what I mean about this, right? I consider myself, I'm very unconscious person. I always am thinking. I, I'm, an, I'm an overthinker at times, right? I see that face, Larry. Don't do it. Um, I'm an overthinker at times. I always contemplate yeah, things and how things are. work and whatever. Yeah, but I, I, it's amazing to me how you say sixty to 90,000 thoughts a day. Yeah. I feel like I have – I thought I was high on that spectrum and thought maybe it's 25,000 thoughts a day. But that's incredible. So your mind is constantly going. How do you shut it down? How, how do you feel – it's best for the average person whose lives are crazy. We're all crazy. Our lives are insane these days. Yeah, Everybody. How do you shut it down? Well, how do you re- get away from? I those? meditate. Okay. I meditate twenty minutes a day, and I do this breath of fire. So when I just sit down, the breath of fire, the deep breathing in and out for three minutes, it goes into your subconscious. Okay. And it just sort of cleans it out. It's almost like a bowl, and you have a dirty bowl. It's almost like cleaning out the bowl. Right? Okay. But the next day you might have a dirty again. You got to clean it out again. When meditation, and it's, it really is, the breath of fire is really like, how do I say this? It's almost like your Google Maps. Okay. It really works for your intuition. And it shows you where to go. The meditation and 20 minutes of just breathing and observing your breath is what happens when you're on the highway when there's traffic. The, 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 the breath of fire, it shows you where to go, the intuition. The meditation works with the calmness. Mm-hmm. And that really helps me out with, the stress or the anxiety or, you know, all these thoughts, you're going to have the thoughts no matter what. So if 95% of them are from the day before or from the day before and from the day before, that means you probably have been having the same thoughts since you were a kid, right? But so, they just change with, I guess, like you, want, like you pick up new things as you go. Right. Because I don't think I think about the same things. If I thought about the same things I thought about as a kid, I'd be in deep trouble. But we're talking about, <laughs> you know, we're talking about the root level. Right. You know, it's like a tree. All these thoughts are like a tree. They're at the root. They're at the bottom level. Right. And so it should, the, the tree's growing mm-hmm. with these thoughts in it. Right. So you have different branches. Right. Huh. And then those are like also different thoughts. But the main level of thought process at the bottom is the subconscious. Hmm. So what I do with the meditation is the meditation is, is not a reaction. It's a reflection. You're observing the thoughts rather than reacting to the thoughts. So you're just sort of taking a moment to sort of walk around in your mind, walk around the thoughts and acknowledge them and figure out what they are and put them in their place. Let's, let's, let's use the um, music library okay. as an example. You have 10 songs uploaded to the music library. Uh-huh. And those are 10. Uh, those songs are your subconscious, 95% of them. You're p- pressing play on each song. Mm-hmm. Each song of those, I say you don't like half of them, but they were put in there when you were a kid. Mm-hmm. You're playing the same negative songs, mm-hmm. right? And you're just you're so used to listening to them, you just sort of you're dealing with it, even okay. though you don't love them. You're dealing with it. Okay. You don't know what else is new out there because you haven't played any new songs because right. you're playing the same songs. What meditation does is you'll hear hear song one and say song one's about divorce or song one's about you know, anxiety or stress. You say, I don't like this song. You observe. You go, I don't like this song. Mm. That's what meditation does. Rather than reacting, getting angry and having all these crazy thoughts again and then playing the next song, reacting, you observe. And what the Breath of Fire does is you're able to take that song out and replace it with a new song. Okay, now, Larry, do you meditate? No. Have you ever meditated? 
Not to my knowledge, I, no. Well, anyway. not on purpose. No. Because I, what I find, uh, I'm, I've done it a few times. I've had many times. Um, I, I always rest in peace. Uh, the, the late Deepak, uh, Master Deepak, had a while ago had yeah. talked to me about how the importance of doing it because he saw at the time I was stressed yep. and, and work stuff, and he he would like kind of give me these tips. And then obviously reconnecting with Swami and talking about the importance of self-reflection, meditation, reevaluating yourself. Um, I think I don't do it enough. I don't set a time up aside to do it, but I've tried more than ever to become more conscious of that part of it and, and slowing down and, and silence and, and just being alone with thoughts and quiet and not being on the phone, not being watching TV, not listening to music. Yeah. It's hard because like we're so used to distractions right. and noise. When yeah. there is silence, you feel like, Almost like you feel lonely. You feel like you're like in a in a hole or something, like with no one around you. But I do think it it's the one thing that you can do to really. Re everybody's stressed these days. Everybody. Right. I think that's the one thing you can really do that does take the stress level down. And with repeated meditations over time and making building it into your day, I'm sure it, it's probably the most effective form of stress reduction. Well, I mean, once you keep doing it, it's. I'll tell you what it's like. It's almost like. I tell people, if it's pouring rain outside, meditation is your umbrella. Mm -hmm. It's still going to be pouring a good rain. good point. It's still going to rain. There's going to still be, going to be days of hardships, mm. but you're not going to get soaked. You'll be able to go back in and you know walk throughout the day. If you don't have an umbrella, you could be soaked. Mm -hmm. And you could go in, clothes are soaked, change, come out, you don't have an umbrella again, you'll get soaked again. Right. right? These thoughts are the same thoughts, but you're going to do it over and over and over and over and over again. Meditation is a deep dive into the mindset and the soul and the spirit. And what I mean by that is when I say reflection rather than reaction is when something happens to you, Yeah. oftentimes we react. Old triggers. And what a trigger is, is a thought process from the past that we still haven't, um, a lesson we haven't overcome yet. Yeah. So what meditation is, is a reflection. You reflect, okay, why am I feeling this way? And you got to go dig deeper inside. Why am I feeling this way? Okay. If you look at what's happening in society, if you look at the economy crashing about 10 years ago, mm -hmm. people live beyond their means for a reason because of their insecurity. And because truthfully, they want to live a life of lavish when their whole life is full of lavish internally. They could be at peace within themselves. Right. And so many people, including me, are not truthful about what we want or how to get to what we want. I have a question. Yeah. Is, it, is a being at peace to you the same thing or close to, um, what do they call it, being content? Hmm. Are they uh, close? I mean, I, I never really thought. No, for that. me, being a truth, I mean, being at peace is being facing the truth. Okay. You know, and I'm never complete. I guess, I mean, to a certain degree, I'm content. But I think it's always facing the truth and figuring out, is the truth real or is it, or are we, gonna, are we lying to ourselves? So in order to do that, though, you have to put a name on what is uh, maybe traumatizing you or something like that. I mean, you have to find out what it is, and then you can address it. Exactly. Right. And it doesn't have to be as, as, as intense as a trauma. Right. But there are triggers that have affected all of us from childhood and adulthood. You know, if you have kids, there are triggers that... If you're a father, you might have triggers from your father and the way you were raised. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny you say that because I was, I'm in the men's group uh -huh. in the middle of the week. And they, and we were talking about that, and at the end of this program this morning, 
they had questions for us guys. And I, um, one of them was, um, did you have wounds from your father? Mm-hmm. And I did. I really did. So, and, and they say, until you can name it, you can't really heal from it, you know, if you have past wounds. And in this particular situation, mm-hmm. anyway. Because then you can go back and start to deal with it. And I've done that, not, not in this particular instance, but with relationships. And I, Greg knows this. We've mm-hmm. talked about it many times. Um, I, after I got divorced... I would say I was traumatized yeah, because it was really bad, and I didn't really realize how bad until I got into a relationship after that, years after that. And I said, I'm not relationship material here, right. and I have to find out why. Thank God I did. It took me about two years, but I had to go deep, and that hurts. I mean, guys typically uh, don't like doing that. We, we, all, we just spoke of that not long ago, Larry, that like we tend most most guys try to— you know, I guess ignore getting in touch with their feelings, right? And being almost, yeah. um, I don't want to say an open book or like being sensitive or vulnerable. I'd say both, sensitive it's, and vulnerable. A lot of men are built that way. Like, yeah. I need to be a man. I need to do this. But I will tell you, when you do get into yourself like that, it's eye-opening. Yeah. You learn a lot about who you are. And I don't think you can really be successful in any relationship if you're if you're not able to identify your shortcomings and try and fix them or, and see who you really are. And I think that's something Absolutely. that well, yeah. I always wonder with these things, Swami, because with um, when it comes to meditation and it comes to evolving as a person, everybody has a different definition, right? Everybody has a different belief as to how to get there. Right. But there's, this is a pretty tried and true method to find who you are and what you need to do for yourself, and almost like you said, coming to peace with it. It works, right? Like most people, if they do it, this is going to work if they put the right time I've, and effort into it. You know, scientifically, it's proven that it, it does work. Mm-hmm. But I also, uh, I have like a life coach, therapist I've been seeing that helps talking about my problems. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and I think diet works, exercise works, a lot of things sort of work as well. The great thing with meditation is it's only 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. The great thing is, it attacks the subconscious in what we're talking about. And that's why you and I, um, we just talk about vulnerability, right? It's hard to get be vulnerable because when you get to your vulnerability, that's the greatest value you could give yourself. Mm-hmm. It's the greatest compassion is, is vulnerability. If you're not vulnerable, you're chaotic, right? So, but getting there is tough because we're so used to not getting there. As men, we spend how many years? 30, 40 years. And then one day we wake up and we go, you know what? Maybe we don't know who we are. And we don't know really what we want, even though we thought we knew what we wanted. Yeah. You say 20, 25, how long a meditation should 20. be? 20. It has to be 20 minutes? Well, it could be an hour. I mean, it could be... Can you do five minutes? You can do five minutes. I mean, I invite anyone to just start with even two minutes. Because it's... It, 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 dude, we talk about it all the time. It's like you, you have to find the time. Everybody's busy, right? I know that was always my excuse. When am I going to have the time to do that? It's like going to the gym. I don't have time to go to the gym. It's like you don't have time to make yourself healthy. Mm-hmm. You don't have time to make yourself live longer. But... You, fi- you have to find the time. Well, it's hard. And I'll tell you why self-reflection is hard because you don't get acknowledgement for self-reflection in the yeah. beginning. And you don't get acknowledgement from yourself and from someone else. Yeah. That's why it's very, very difficult. I could walk around. In this society, you're acknowledged for external attributes. Yeah. Money, success, looks, what have you. So for many years, I mean, I've been talking about meditation for 10 years. Yeah. And people thought I was a weirdo. Like, you know, going to a meditation retreat for 10 days, not talking. And 
now people are realizing, wait a second, you can make money on meditation. People are, you know, there's celebrities talking about meditation. So now there's, and you know, people are going through a lot of stress and anxiety. So they're realizing now that, wait, maybe there's a benefit. That's a hard thing with meditation. That's a hard thing with self-help because there's no acknowledgement. Mm -hmm. You can do self-help for two years and you still might not get an external acknowledgement. It's all internal. Yeah, and you almost have to be okay with that. And you're used to external, right? As human beings, we're used to, we could buy a shirt, someone will acknowledge it. Get a haircut, validation, right? it. Yeah, and there's no external validation. It's internal validation. Soon it'll be external. After many years, I'm on this radio show after nine years of meditating, right? But for nine years, I, didn't, I was on a radio show. Let, that brings me to a point. Uh, acknowledgement, right? We, we've spoken about this off air. Everybody wants to be acknowledged. Everybody, no one wants to be invisible, right? Like when you're talking, if, if you're like, if you have a voice and you say something and somebody's listening, it feels good. But if that person mid-sentence as you're speaking decides to talk to somebody else, turn around and say something that they think is more important, you feel a little bit shunned and you feel a little disappointed that what I was saying wasn't important. How important is acknowledgement? Or is it okay to just be at peace with yourself and not expect the acknowledgement and validation from other people? Well, expectations are, it's an absolute bummer when you expect things. Mm -hmm. You know, expectations could really destroy you. Um, I think acceptance is the key. I think when, the, when, when, the, when expectations are the main thing, then you have no acceptance. If you accept what's happening right now, then you don't need the expectations of, of some end goal or, or, or end attribute. But I think acknowledgement, I think it's the key, man. I mean, I really do. I think, and you know, I have spoken about it uh, to a greater extent. I think acknowledgement is something that people desperately desire and desperately at times need. It's, it's fascinating, though, but because most people desire acknowledgement and need acknowledgement from everyone else on this planet except themselves. Right. And that's what meditation really does, is acknowledging yourself. You're and maybe that word content, you said, being content with yourself and realizing that you don't need everyone's acknowledgement. And I've right. seen it happen before. I mean, you probably too, Larry. It's like we've seen people and we know people where – they're so used to being acknowledged right. for what they do. And it doesn't matter if it's, you know, relationships, career, that they become complacent. In a, in a way of almost um, getting comfortable enough where they don't challenge themselves, they just allow themselves to become And it's happened to me too in, in different areas, right? You, you have a job and you sort of get acknowledged for doing a good job. and Maybe not a fantastic job, but a good job. And you get complacent because you just get that acknowledgement every day. Do you, Larry, do you find yourself needing, uh, a, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Um, acknowledgement slash validation. Do you, are you a type of person that, that it needs that? Validation, yeah, that's the other thing. Um, uh, no, not usually. Um, I used to. But then I thought, you know, I had certain God-given talents and gifts and things to not fortunate enough to be able to use some in the work that I do. Mm -hmm. And that actually in itself is kind of like validating to me mm -hmm. what I'm good at doing. Right. The other thing is, and, I, and I'm, I was just thinking about this when Swami was just talking, when you talk about acknowledgement, um, if, for instance, a guy were to journal mm -hmm. his progress from day to day, and you would go back in your life and look at that, I'm assuming that most people progress. And is that a form of like acknowledging? Because you can look at that and say, yeah, I, I 
made the grade. You know, I'm improving in some way. Totally. By the way, great, great question. Yeah, I just want to give you validation. Great yeah, and question. I gotta tell you, he's not usually good <laughs> with those questions. I'm not. I'm not. Great question. I'm no, joking. not good at all. Um, uh, he's going to start meditating now because you said that. Um, I think Greg and I talked about something, and I talked <clears throat> to Greg about this a couple of times. About uh, first, I journal. I journal. I've been journaling every day for about I'd say since I was like a teenager or high school. I've never done it, and I never realized never I did done. it. I mean, I had no idea I was doing it. It's, you know, it's, you just do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then one day I'm like, wait, why do I have all these journals? I mean, they had like stacks of journals. That is so cool. And you didn't even realize you were doing it? Well, no. When I went on, when I went on a 10-day meditation retreat, uh-huh. in 10 days, I did a Vipassana meditation. Um, Vipassana was created by the Buddha. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when the Buddha passed away, it was resurrected by an Indian uh, doctor called uh, Goenka. Okay. Or a businessman called Goenka. And Goenka, he passed away last year. But... Goenka had major migraines, and he went to doctors. No one could figure it out, and someone said, why don't you try Vipassana meditation? It's a breathing technique, and he did it, and he got cured of migraines. So he said he's going to open up free Vipassana meditation um, campuses around the world, and he has. And you go for 10 days, no talking, no reading, no writing, uh, no journaling, no TV, no phones, nothing. You meditate like you know, a few hours a day, and then you sit in silence. You can't talk to anyone else. Can't even write. No, nothing. But, and you're observing your mindset the whole time. But when I left there, the first thing I thought about was, I'm like, oh, I really miss writing. And I was never a writer. I never even thought I could write. Mm-hmm. I wasn't a great writer. I didn't do well, like, in English classes. Right. But I realized, like, oh, wait, maybe I do love journaling. Because I thought I would miss radio. I was in radio, right? I thought mm-hmm. I would miss digital media. I thought I would miss entertainment. But it was really the writing aspect. It's interesting how that works, right? Because, like, I, I, I really think when you write, and get things off your chest, you do feel lighter. You feel mm-hmm. it's like talking to somebody in a way. Yeah, exactly. Sharing. And I think I think like we we both of you guys, I could say individually, um, we we speak very candidly and and personally and have deep conversations, right? And we usually when you step away from a conversation like that, you feel good. You feel much better than you did going in. Let's say you have troubles in your mind and you're ha- you're having some hard times in your life. And you talk to somebody who really understands or listens, and then you have this like flowing conversation. It makes you feel better about things almost immediately. It does give you this sort of sense of like, wait, maybe this is normal. Everybody goes through this. This is right. life. This is part of my grand design. All these bad things I'm going through are happening for a reason to make me better and whatever's coming next. You don't feel that going into the chat, but after right. the chat. I, I think that's why, whether even it's writing it down, it almost is like you're letting it go. Well, I tell Greg something. I say connect the dots. And what I mean by connect the dots is if you're having a tough time, that's you connect the dots. You look back in your life and you, you, you look at the experiences you've had and, you, and the dots will be connect. You will say, oh, wait, I had this. First of all, I don't believe in rejections. I believe in uh, redirections. Mm. So I don't believe you know, the universe is rejecting you. They're just redirecting you. Not like not what you could get from your for, for yourself. It's what you could give others and serve other people. If you look at jobs or you look at different places you've been in, you will realize that you didn't get a job not because you weren't talented, but there's someone in a new job, a new position, right. in a new company that you had a companionship with, and you're able to give that person compassion, a friend, or a new skill you could use to help other people out. You said connect the dots. That's yeah. that's really bizarre because that's exactly what they said this morning. Oh, really? In this group that I'm going to. Yeah, what's uh, I know there is more than one meaning for epiphany, but I mean, generalizing uh, in our society, uh, when 
somebody says, I just had an epiphany. Like, Generally, is it like a, a light came on? Yeah, all of a sudden, a realization? You, realize, you realize something that just hit you out of the blue. It like yeah. was, it's like the sky opened up, and all of a sudden, the answers were there for you, right? Well, yeah, I think it's almost like when I the subconscious thought. becomes the conscious. When you were talking about connecting the dots, yeah, because it was just affirmed this morning. You affirmed it. Yeah. You know, being here with you right now just affirmed that to me. So that's that's really, when that's, we call he, that synchronicity. He connecting the dots on me once before. Like uh, Swami couple, was like about a month ago. He said something like, "Just connect the dots, dude." And I remember being <laughs> yeah. like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "You're all the things yeah. you're saying. Like, just piece all these things together, and you'll have your answer." And I was like, yeah. "Oh wow, okay." It, it was almost like it hit me out of the blue, yeah. not because I did it on my own, but somebody telling me, "Put this, put the pieces together, dude. It's all there for you. You've said it all. It's all there." It was, and meanwhile, I thought it was some big epiphany, totally. and it wasn't. Yeah. It was. It was very <laughs> simple. I wasn't sort of like this. I was like, "Dude, just connect the dots." Yeah, what's mm-hmm. the big right, deal, right. dude? Yeah. Connect your own dots. and But that's true because if you connect the dots, I think that's also one reason why uh, we have a hard time with forgiveness as well mm. because we don't connect the dots. Because I have a hard time with forgiveness because I used to hold grudges. And, and that's You're something a grudge holder, and I can't huge, believe that. Huge grudge holder. I can't either. A I huge, doesn't seem like that. Huge, no, huge no. grudge holder. Really? I used to. I mean, now I'm really I'm, – I'm, I'll say this. Every sort of spiritual teacher, meditation teacher, it's like we're still working on ourselves. So we don't have it all together, mm-hmm. which is why we're teachers, because we're still learning from, uh, you know, mm-hmm. when I talk to Greg, I learned so much. When I talk to you, I learned so much. When I talk to anyone else, when they come up to me for coaching, I learned so much from them as well. Yeah. For me, grudges were very hard. I mean, for me, I was never uh, very straightforward with people. You know, I didn't just say, you, you're just, you know, I'm not, I'm not Jersey or from Long Island. <laughs> I'm not from the East Coast where you just tell people off. Get right? direct. Yeah, you just get really direct. You yeah. just no, I don't, I don't like is. this. All yeah, right? I, don't, I don't like your beard. No, I don't like it. Looks it looks stupid. Yeah. You are not in your face. Yeah, I'll get John Gotti, okay? Yeah, John, California, yeah, yeah. California is passive aggressive. It's like, yeah, you, do you like that yeah. beard? Instead of being like, I don't like that beard. It's like, do you like your own beard? Yeah. Right? That's the California And when you say no, when someone says no, you're like, okay. And then you ask the next person. What do you think about the beer? <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. You like the beer. Okay, great. I'll keep the beer. <laughs> yeah. But I think for me, grudges were, I mean, I had a hard time being very straightforward, mm. facing the truth, right? I mm. wouldn't say anything to the person because, you know, my, my confidence level wasn't at the high level. I didn't know who I was. I mean, meditation has helped me out. I'm really working on forgiveness and not holding a grudge now and being very straightforward. And Greg knows this. But I would say something about, we're talking about connecting the dots. If you're having a hard time forgiving somebody, and I'm talking about, most times. I'm not talking about like... Forgetting meaning moving on? Forgiving. Forgiving, okay. I'm not talking about like devastating experiences like rape or molestation or, you know, whatever. I'm talking about everyday life. Some people have a hard time Somebody forgiving. hurt your feelings. Someone hurt your feelings, a relationship. I think when I look back at my life, the reason I'm, I have moments I have a hard time forgiving is when I'm not um, excited or proud of myself about the present. So... I connect the dots. So if someone says something to me like, I didn't get a job, let's say I didn't get a job somewhere. What I advise everyone to do is, if you're doing great at work, you're not going to be, you're, it's very easy to forgive someone who rejected you. Right. If you're in love, madly in love, it's very, it's a lot easier to forgive the boyfriend or girlfriend who, who, who broke up with you. Because you just want to get back together. Because you're like, screw it. I'm, yeah. I'm happy. Right? I got it. But hmm. um, if you connect the dots, if you connect the experiences you've had since that moment, and you realize, wait a second, this person broke up with me, or this job didn't work out, or this house didn't work out. But if I connect the dots and experience them, because your experiences create your emotions. And these emotions create energy in your life. And they're high or low, right? They're back and forth. I think forgiveness is 
a little easier because I don't think we're really angry with the person. We're angry because the person says something to us and we're not the place that we want to be at. And you hear something you don't want to hear, but sometimes when you think about it, that person might have been right because you need to self-reflect and figure out, maybe I'm, maybe I'm not optimal. Yeah. The key, I think, we're, we only have about two minutes left, so I don't want to, uh, but I really? want to say, like, I think what I come out of this with is that like, we're constantly evolving and we constantly do have to check ourselves and ask ourselves, am I the best I can be? Am I doing the best I can? Because most times we're not. We tell ourselves we are, but I think we have to constantly reevaluate ourselves and what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, and how I can be better. How can I be a better person? What do you come out of this with, Larry? Well, I mean, I was just sitting here thinking with the three of us, you know, how, how I'm just really blown away with you guys. Because when I met both of you, and it's been about the same length of yeah. time, I knew that you guys were just great. I mean, I, I, I used to brag about you both. Isn't that weird? Yeah. But because I just uh, I loved you right off the bat, so I, I I got that out of it at least. I just I love you guys, and it's it's really cool, Swami, that you're back in uh, in our orbit. Again. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I was never away from your orbit. Well, it seemed like I didn't yeah, see yeah. your face. Well, you don't have to see it in my face. You I, can just see I will tell you, I agree with you though. It's like I feel like there's certain people that come along in life, and they and they're there for they they are in your life for a reason. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you may you may drift and you may go into different places, but they're still with you. Yeah. Uh, I do agree with you though. I think it's a powerful thing, um, and and certain relationships. But I also think it's important to, on this show, especially every now and then, to step back and realize, like again. How do, we, how do we help ourselves? How do we help not only just ourselves, but by helping ourselves, we're helping the people uh, around yeah, us. Yeah, absolutely. Right? We are, yeah. What are your last thoughts? Well, I would say just, you know, anyone that's listening, I would say really to face the truth. The older I get, yeah, the more sure. I realize. But you just face the truth and sit with the truth for a little bit, no matter how difficult it is. Mm-hmm. It becomes much more difficult dealing with the truth five, six years later. You know, oh, yeah. It becomes yeah, much more difficult. Right. You know, and, and we know this, everything, right? Relationships, yeah. finance, uh, work-wise. There are things we do not want to face. That's right. And the truth is really the key. And that's what meditation really works with. It really helps you face the truth. We will have you back on again to kind of go to the next phase of this. This is sort of just like scratching the surface of this topic. But I think it's important. We can't, Maybe next time we can do a bit of a, of a discussion on how, what we can do. What are some of the things we can do? I think we all took something away from it today. What are the things we can do in practice to help ourselves relieve stress and and improve our lives? Way late on time. Larry, thank you as always. Great being here. Swami. Thank you, Greg and Larry. Absolutely. It was so good to have you. We'll do this again. It was very uh, quality conversation. I hope our listeners enjoyed it. I'm sure. Uh, We'll be back next week again. Another edition of People Helping People on Bali 92.3 FM.